On this Sunday show, we'll talk Brandon Overton's chassis shenanigans with some evidence and some photos, plus weekend wins for RTJ, Tim McCready, and Tanner Holmes, and more. Let's go. It's Sunday, February 4th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. We're going to start first today with action at Screven 4 Winter Freeze, and we're going to start there for a very specific reason, and that's Brandon Overton. We've been following the situation with his chassis selection since late in 2023, and it's the story that just won't go away. I've had a comment or two on these shows where we've talked about Overton for people complaining about me bringing this stuff up. Why does it matter? Chassis talk is getting old, etc., etc. So if you're one of those people, maybe skip this section on the video or catch me on the next one. For those of you who don't hate fun and a good story and are down for a little intrigue today, come along with me. Uh, we've already previously documented Overton's late 2023 switch for a night from a Longhorn to a Team Zero car. And it was just a few days ago that Big Sexy was at Golden Isles telling Flow Racing's Kyle McFadden that people had nothing better to do than make shit up and that they would tell us if they made a change. Around that weekend and in the days since, I've had late model folks reaching out to tell me there is definitely more to the story regardless of what Overton says publicly. Uh, instead of racing at Alltech Friday and Saturday with Lucas, Overton went back north to Georgia to run Winter Freeze at Screven with the Southern All-Stars. Friday night, the Well 76 was out front early from the pole, but Garrett Smith drove by him just a few laps in and drove on to the $3,000 win. Impressive night and an impressive run by the young Smith. Last night in the $12,000 finale, Screven took rubber pretty early on but it didn't stop Overton from driving to the lead after starting in fifth. Smith started second and again, led a bunch of laps, but he made a mistake with 16 to go. He jumped out of the grip, try and move by a lap car, and that was really the opening that Overton needed. He drove by the 10 car and went on to the win. Now, afterwards in victory lane, instead of just sidestepping all of this, ignoring it completely, Overton added fuel to the chassis fire. Announcer Dwayne Keith asked Overton, quote, we're now getting kind of into the nitty gritty of speed weeks and you're kind of in the middle of the chassis game here a little bit. Did you get good notes out of this to carry into East Bay and Volusia? To which Overton then responded, yeah, I sure hope so. Our little experiment here is going to be all right, I think. That doesn't sound like a guy just running an off the shelf longhorn. Let me show you a few other things here also. On Saturday, I had a bunch of interesting replies on Twitter from Austin Bloom showing off some screenshots of the car that Overton ran last year at World Finals. There was chatter that the car he drove at Charlotte in November was something different, and with what Bloom points out, it would certainly appear so. Bloom's a big dirt modified guy, has some connections to the Longhorn side of things as well. He ran through and showed us comparisons of Overton's Charlotte car to Chris Madden's Longhorn, and then also, uh, and I'll show you these images as well, to Dale McDowell's Team Zero. But if you look at these images, Overton's car is obviously, uh, Overton's car is in the two images on top, Madden's Longhorn in the two images on the bottom. A lot of differences here, bars in different places, different rock screens, mounting points are different, a lot of different things here. Now here's the other, uh, the other set of images, left side, obviously Overton and Madden, and then uh, the right side images are Overton's car versus McDowell's car. So even looking at the Team Zero, a lot of differences in the images here with the way uh, that the bars and stuff are, are put in these cars. Uh, here in early 2024, though, the car that Overton has been driving doesn't appear to be uh, the same as that Charlotte piece. I do want to make that clear. But even now, by his own admission, uh, this current car is, quote, an experiment. So it does appear to be similar to what the Longhorns are. But as some have told me, it definitely doesn't appear to be quite the same. 
Uh, so why do I think all of this matters? Because for a period not that long ago, Brandon Overton was the hottest dirt late model driver on the planet. He was almost unbeatable at Eldora and took down some serious cash for a couple of years. And 2023 wasn't a bad season by any stretch, but it also wasn't the Lucas Championship run that they were hoping for, and clearly they are now searching for something different. The season going well or poorly could very well hinge on these choices, and th uh, things seem to be off to a pretty good start here. Third and fourth at Golden Isles against Lucas, and a second and a win at Screven with the Southern All-Stars. Stay tuned. Uh, sticking with late models, two very different nights at Alltech Friday and Saturday with Lucas. Track prep issues Friday led to multiple delays through the program, which led to some unhappy people. But I thought the feature turned out to be pretty good. Ricky Thornton Jr. went the distance for the win, his third in five races in 2024, with Devin Moran and Hudson O'Neill on the podium. We did have a strange moment during the cooldown where RTJ piled off into turn three to try something and nearly knocked the wall down. Uh, Moran had to spin out to basically miss him as well. You don't see things like that very often. Ben Shelton did bring up uh, when Kyle Larson uh, spun out uh, and crashed uh, the, the Rumley 6 after winning last year. Uh, plenty of passing, though, down through the field. Tyler Bruning was plus 13. We had a couple of guys that were plus 11. Saturday, though, we had a completely different track surface. A lot more moisture down and way faster. Quick time in qualifying on Saturday was a full second quicker than it was on Friday. Tim McCready ended up going flag to flag for the victory after starting in the second position. He denied Dalton Wilson, who is still looking for that first series win. A big perm now has eight second place finishes. Uh, uh, Ryan Gustin went 15th to third on the night. Uh, he was hard charger. Or was he hard charger? I don't think he was hard charger, but 15th to the podium. Uh, the win for McCready was an important breakthrough, though, here. I think we talked about him last week and some of the struggles that they've had to start the season. He did technically win twice with Lucas in 2023, but both, uh, both of those were split field prelim wins. Uh, one of them coming at Lernerville, the other one coming at Muskegon County. His last full field Lucas win was actually in October of 2022 at Talladega. So it's been well more than a year here between wins for uh, McCready. We'll see if they can carry that speed this week into East Bay. Through these first six races, Devin Moran, the only driver to finish top 10 every single night. RTJ has the most top fives with five, and he probably should have had six. Uh, but hit the wall late last night. Uh, he broke the J-bar. He was done for the night. He was running third at the time. As for tire information, the Flow broadcast continued to use it both nights at Alltech, kind of sprinkled in through the features. I hope it continues because I think it's a valuable piece of information for the fans that are watching and how these races play out. The haters in my comments keep saying that Nextall wants setup and shock build sheets, uh, and that's basically just a completely ridiculous response. Tires and compounds are easy to understand. I'm not interested in any way in setup information, so don't be ridiculous. Several major forms of motorsports share tire selections with fans via the broadcast, and I think this is solid progress here for Dirt Lane Model Racing. The Hunt the Front guys are talking about incorporating it into their series for 2024, with even the potential of on-screen graphics. A couple of other notes here. Against what we saw online uh, late last week, several drivers did not go to Screven, instead deciding to race with Lucas. They included Tanner English, Ryan Gustin, and Cody Overton. Overton and Gustin have declared for the Outlaws, but this keeps English's possible Lucas bid still alive. It's been a battle for those guys early as they're still looking for a top 10 finish, but they could still potentially run all season. Looking ahead, Sunday is a practice day for Lucas teams at East Bay with racing starting back up again on Monday. And also down south, teams had started loading into Volusia today before some weather slowed those plans. Dirt Car National starts Monday with UMP Modifieds. And then we'll have sprint car practice join things Tuesday and the Ward of Outlaws season begins on Wednesday. Uh, speaking of sprint cars, USCS wins at Hendry County over the weekend went to Davey Frannick. That was Friday. Ryan Timms uh, won on Saturday. Through five races, Timms leads the USCS championship at the moment. 
Uh, the USCS uh, 360 sprint cars move over to Southern Raceway next weekend. We'll see if any of those guys that have been running with the USCS now go to Volusia and uh, bolt a 410 in. Uh, before we close out, hat tip to our friend Tanner Holmes on his big $10,000 Outlaw cart win on Saturday in Reno. He topped a feature that also included Jesse Colwell, Landon Brooks, Colby Copeland, and Tanner Carrick. They had a big, uh, big weekend out there. A lot of carts, a lot of money that they gave away. Also, hopefully Tanner's sister Carly heals up quick. She had a nasty crash that led to a hospital trip and a very injured ankle. Uh, so uh, hopefully she gets well soon. Uh, that's it for The Daily Show today. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Sunday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.